A vague disclaimer is no one's friend. This podcast will look at episodes in relation to Buffy and Angel as a whole, and therefore contains spoilers for the entirety of both series. If you haven't seen all of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel the series, go and watch them before you listen to this. Remember, you've been warned. The hardest thing in this world is to live in it. That's why there's us, champions. We live as though the world were as it should be, to show it what it can be. The Earth is definitely doomed. It's Tuesday, so it must be time to return to the Hellmouth. We're going through the Buffyverse episode by episode and a look back at Joss Whedon's iconic show. I'm MC, and I'm here with... It is Andy. This is David. Hi, I'm Jan. And I'm Logan. Uh, We are talking about episode 12 of season 2, Bad Eggs. It originally aired January 12th, 1998, and was written by Marty Noxon and directed by David Greenwald. And I think it really shows that this is one of Marty's first episodes. Yeah. Yeah. I love Marty. I have so many strong, positive feelings towards her, but this is, um, yeah, this was an interesting start. Everyone has to start somewhere. I'm wondering if Marty might have even done this before she did What's My Line, because this episode feels so much like early season two. Uh, This episode is, I mean, I said this on the last one with Ted that I thought Ted uh, was earlier, but this is very much a season one, early season two, let's take a horror movie and turn it into a Buffyverse episode, because this is fucking Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh, body yeah. snatchers, yeah. absolutely. I, I will with, with a smidge of alien thrown in, um, in terms of like character creature design. So, yeah, I will say that there are some dialogue, individual snippets of dialogue that I really like that are very Marty like. Oh, um, oh yeah. But uh, yeah, no, Cordy's got a great line in here that I yeah. Yeah, and there's no and there's no real there's no actual sense of menace at any point. I mean, the, no. the the monster of the episode doesn't do anything, and we're never <laughs> yeah. and we're never told what it's going to do once it's unearthed. Trying <laughs> to take over the, the world. world. Well, yes, but it's just there. <laughs> <laughs> I I found the one epi- scene of menace I think is like the scene where it's actually in the bedroom and Buffy and like that scene is creepy mm-hmm. where the thing is like running around and hiding that has like the one sense of horror and the one sense of like you know scariness mm-hmm. in the whole story uh, but after that and when she stabs it with the scissors that's it it's yeah. done I mean yeah. we basically have two storylines within this episode and it's so fucking clear to me that they had the idea for both of these things and then they realized it's like I don't think either of these are strong enough for their own episode. Let's throw them together. And they don't fucking work together. And they also don't work apart because, I'm sorry, the Gorches suck. And the Mother Bizarre sucks. So. Yeah, it's like a job of the hunt thing that doesn't go. And you're right. What the hell is, is her big plan other than, like, make babies and get on Earth? Yeah. We never find out. Well, I mean, like. Do they, does she want to get unearthed? Is it, you know, is she trying to escape? Like, is she stuck in the hellmouth or something and she needs to get her babies out? Well, yeah. well we don't know. She... <laughs> we don't know. They never tell us. Is she in the same part of the basement where the seal is? Oh, that's a Did good she question. wiggle her way out? Possibly. <laughs> I mean, like, Prince? uh, 
Obviously, we don't know because the school does get destroyed and rebuilt. Built. And um, right. it, it, it's it's like Doctor Who in their quarry sets, where it's just like this. <laughs> this looks like a quarry in Wales. Yeah, it's like it could be a completely different, you know, it could be a different state and they'd still use the same location. Right. And the problem is that nobody ever, you know, they find the book that's open that says it's a Bezoar, but they don't ever find out what this thing is supposed to do, what it's right. anything. And also, David and I started to like, the, just the name of it drove me crazy because if you know anything about like met- metaphysical stuff, Bezoar has nothing to. If you've read Harry Potter, you know what yes. a Bezoar is. Um, and this is not a Bezoar. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. So, Andy? Um, yeah. A Bezoar in its absolute essence, regardless of the mystical stuff, is a hairball. Like, yes. in its actually, <laughs> yes. from a goat's stomach. Technical, I actually Googled. Because I, I know the term bizarre, and I knew it way before Harry Potter. I looked Same it up, here. and it redirects yep. a, a treco, a, whatever the hair bizarre is. It directly treco, yeah. Um, it directly links to the page on Wikipedia that says redirected to hairball. Oh, so a cat. <laughs> I hate to see the cat, cat that coughed her. My cat made a bizarre earlier today that I stepped on getting out of bed. Thanks, River. Ugh. Um, <laughs> I know it's disgusting. But, like, yeah, I knew Bazaar, I think, from the Sandman comics, which came yeah, out. Yeah, I think yeah, there was one there, too. Right, that was the first that. time I, I knew about it the, from the term. And those, that, the, 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 the collection that that came out of was 92, 93. So it was, you know, yeah, why did they pick? It's like picking those. Well, we talked about this in first season episodes. Like, mm-hmm. why did you mm-hmm. pick that name of an actual thing that people can go, no, 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 that's not it. You know, we we know that that's not it. Um, yeah, I just yeah, the bizarre thing is drove me crazy. Yeah, I think some of it yeah, might I, have to do with um, being from, I mean, not pre-internet days, but very early internet days, where it wasn't you didn't have Wikipedia where you could look it up right away. And yes, you would have smart cookies, you know, like you guys, and you know, I you need <laughs> to. There 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 will be some people that can call bullshit, but not such a wide swath yeah. of the audience. We'll call bullshit. Yeah. And you wouldn't be able to yeah. call bullshit as loudly. Yes. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I was Miss Teeny Bopper, which, you know, back in the 70s and early 80s. So that, I'm sure it came across it in, like, something I read. So, like, way before, too. So, yeah, it, that it's whenever anybody uses anything like that in the wrong way, it, it's just, I'm going to nitpick yeah. it. So. so, and then to have, like, this creature thing, which was like, what the hell are you doing? So, just to start, <laughs> just to do some stuff from the beginning, uh, the scene with Joyce and Buffy. I don't actually like the, I don't like the content of the scene, because I think Joyce and Buffy are being kind of, yeah, I don't like what they're saying to each other. I get that the mother-daughter banter thing doesn't really, you know, work with me considering what happened in the last episode. And also I don't like the, but a thin streetwalker and then Buffy making fun of Joyce for what he she's wearing. Not really big on that, but I do like the um, chores getting interrupted by slaying huge fan of yes. that trope i totally ripped that off when i was doing my virtual series and i was it was actually the first podcast i was on because i did audio commentaries for those episodes and i specifically cited bad eggs for the time when i had uh connor and his girlfriend grocery shopping and they were attacked by vampires <laughs> <laughs> and that's one of my favorite yeah, that's... openings i ever did so 
that's that's my that's my first note is opens with Buffy's life being fucked up because she's too yeah. busy saving lives. Yeah. Yeah. Which you can't tell I her just, mom about. Like, yeah. Right. <clears throat> Can I be a little pedantic? Like, why were they the only two people in the entire video arcade, especially like on a <laughs> evening in like a mall in anywhere? Well, I don't really <laughs> understand. Like, we can really pick it at things, but the whole the way the mall is closing, like cause the mall is closing. Yeah. That's why Buffy well, wasn't able mall, to get the clothes. I don't think the mall is closing; just the stores. But I've I've never run into a mall where the stores will close earlier than the mall itself. Yeah. That's Same. odd. Yeah. I don't, and sometimes I think, well, it depends. Like, where we are, if there's a movie theater attached, the food court will still be open. Because yeah. the movie theater will stay open later. The stores might close at 9, but the movie theater is going on until mm-hmm. 12, 1 in the morning. So the food court will stay open later than the rest okay. of the mall. But, but usually the video arcades stayed open later, too, because kids would, like, just go and hang out there. And it was just like, there was nobody in there. Even if they were finishing up, you know, there should have been, like, 16-year-old boys playing, um, you know asteroid or something to like the very very last second and there's no attendance there either there's like nobody there i was just gonna say asteroid 1997 i was i was thinking that yeah <laughs> Mortal Kombat. i don't go to video arcades you can tell when the last time i was in a video arcade was but yep. i don't know what people were i was actually just trying to think of that i was like was street fighter too early is street fighter too no i don't think so i've shown my age here well, street fighter sounds but she was playing a pinball machine anyway she was yeah yeah yeah. Regardless, but there, but there was nobody was there. There, there were no attendants. There was nothing. It was like there was just well, no one cleaning. Dude. Like, it does yeah. look closed. So I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know yeah. why it would be closed at that point if the other public areas are open and the mm-hmm. food courts open. Yeah, but it is. I mean, that there's no one else there. That seems that didn't bother me because yeah. it looks like it's closed. I did like. But then the machine should have been off. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. I think Andy, you were trying to say something. Yeah. Oh, no, the other thing about the conversation, it's after she comes back from saving the woman from Lyle, Laura's group. Um, and she says, you know, like, she says flippantly to your mo- her mom, oh, I was saving the world for vampires. Again, I mentioned that in the episode normal again. that normal again is going to reverse that. So if I were Joyce, I would have been like, what? Vampires? No. What are you having? What's going on? We need to, you know, get you the therapist. But again, that's just inconsistency in the Buffyverse where I'm like, oh. and, and normal yeah. is a fascinating episode that we'll get to much later, but the retcon of it all is just a Yeah. So, um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do think the mirror thing was done yeah, v- yeah, very well. I felt it was yeah. organic because the thing is, it's not like they're just sticking a mirror there. There are often mirrors next to escalators. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and it it gave us a moment of Buffy being attuned with her surroundings and being the Slayer. Mm-hmm. And I liked that. So, yeah, um, I did like that also. Yeah. yeah, it's also a nice use of just vampire lore, that, you know, in terms of mirrors and vampires. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I like it when Buffy is smart. And she does yes. smart things. And so sometimes I mm-hmm. think this show... Makes her not smart. Forgets, Forgets that she is. Really yeah. Smart and really intuitive. So. And not just smart, but good at her job and having been doing it at this point for. Three years? Two? Three? Going years? on three years, yeah. Like, yeah. And beyond all the mystical instincts, she's got honed instincts from doing this every single mm-hmm. day. It bums me out when she's like, oh, I'm surprised a vampire walking in the dark on Sunnydale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
yeah, completely off topic. I kept calling the brothers Gorsuch now because, (laughs) (laughs) and I think it fits really well. So, well, um, just for a small note, the brothers are actually named after characters from the Wild Bunch. Yep. Okay. Yes. Uh, Specifically, the characters played by Warren Oates and Ben Johnson. Yep. That is true. (laughs) Yes. But That's I don't amazing. want to spend any more time on the Gorches than we have to. So I will mention that and we will move on. Okay. So much <laughs> of this episode. I'm going to is... have a few Gorch things to say later, but yeah, well. Fair enough. Not I as mean, like, much. I, we, we can talk. I just but... have one quick note that I like the hat trick. Um, when she tripped him and his like hat fell off and he grabbed it and put it right back on his head. I just thought that was like really nice visual. But that's the only nice thing I will say. Yeah, about I mean, them. there's a couple of things. <laughs> oh, I like that the last we can, scene. We can say yeah. about them. I mm-hmm. think like, yeah. And this episode bothers me, and when I was rewatching it, I realized one of the reasons why it bothers me, and that's where the wild things are from season four, is basically a sequel to this episode, in which the entire episode is focused on sexual activity, and nothing else the fuck happens in them. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Other and the where the wild things are uh, wins just because it has Giles singing behind blue eyes. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, God, yes, uh, but yeah. So this episode, sorry, distracted people. Uh oh, and drift off away. now. But we have uh, Xander and Cordy in the closet arguing Actually, and making out. Before and, we get to that, I just want yeah. to mention one thing about. Begin at the beginning of the episode. Yes. We have the intro, as usual. Yes. And yeah. we have the whole thing about them talking about there will be the Slayer, and she alone will stand against the vampires. Yes. This is two episodes now since we know that there is not only one Slayer. Yeah. I know, I'm I'm just, just, I just thought it was, it's, it's an interesting point yeah. that they, they, they kind of didn't... It's another one Change of those things where they gave no thought to things like that. Yeah, but they're going to be retiring this opening very shortly. I, mm-hmm. I don't think it lasts past season two, if I remember okay. correctly. Mm-hmm. And even when uh, Kendra and Faith come into things, they will still stick with the one and only Slayer. Yeah. Sometimes they will amend it. will be like, you know, pretty much the only... Uh, but yes. I'd love to hear. Oh, I'd yeah. love to hear Aunt Tony Head saying that. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> uh, more or less. So we have Zant. We we have we have Xander and Cordelia hooking up in a closet. They're fighting. They're making out. And there's all this stuff going on. And does anybody else have a real big problem with the the idea that Faith is the one who punches Xander's V card? Kinda. Like. Yeah. Oh, I have a lot of things to say about that. Well, I mean, like, yeah, yeah, I, that they did never get to it. That that's not something they. Themselves yeah, Xander. Because I mean, yeah. they imply in this episode that Cordelia is, you know, she's she's sexually she's active. sexually active. She's with Xander for like a year and a half, and already at this point they are like rolling around on the floor together. And I'm not saying they had to go all the way already. But they make a touching up joke. Xander makes a touching up joke in the classroom when they're talking. I don't remember what the line is now, but just to act- get some touch. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's more than just kissing here. So, yeah. yeah, I it just always felt like the whole Xander losing his virginity to Faith in the Zappo was 
Joss later on deciding it's like, well, I guess we should probably make a big deal out of all of the characters losing their virginity, even though we're getting raped. The f- okay, we'll we'll get into that in that episode. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. It may also just that may also be sort of they thought it would work with the sort of after hours nature of uh, the Zeppo. Yeah. Still, <laughs> yeah, I. No, I agree. It should have been cool. Yeah, no, I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I do... I mean, yes, they're making out in the closet, and a lot of this episode is about that kind of stuff, but they're not a healthy relationship, but they're so funny. Like, they are. I, I kind of love their dynamic. And what high school... I mean, there's lots of high school relationships that I guess are healthy and functional. I never had one. My friends never had one, but I know I know people that have. But in general, at least with my friend group, yeah, right. But they're they're cute together. They're like they're really cute, and I, I Marty is one of the ones that gets their voices really well. Again, yeah. I don't think this is a well plotted yeah. episode, but some of the dialogue is is really well done, and the stuff between Cordy and Xander, I always find. Xander and Cordy are great. They're a fifties screwball comedy. They are. I love yeah. it. And they're, they're, <laughs> they're a thirties. They're very. Okay. They happen one night mm. and sold in yeah. and stuff. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So good we uh, yes, David. I no no. I've just uh, okay. this will actually come up later, but I, I find it interesting that this is all going on, and apparently Cordy has bad breath. <laughs> as as far as Xander says. Well, yeah, no, exactly. Right. I mean, but I mean, I I get the impression in that in that exchange in the classroom that they are venting actual complaints. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we get into the whole, I guess, crux of the episode in terms of what this episode has for crux and that they get their egg babies. Um, like they make a big deal about Buffy being a single parent, but Xander and Willow have their eggs the entire fucking time, so... And we, and we, never, we never see their partners. <laughs> no, nobody's yeah. paired up. I mean, well. it looks like everyone gets their own egg. Yes, which makes sense. So that sense. made no sense to me. Yeah, it makes sense for the whole <clears throat> uh, demon plot, but for the actual assignment, it does not make sense. Yeah, I, I'm too old for that to have been a thing when I was in like high school, but I mean, having seen enough TV episodes about where this thing happened, yeah, you're the whole point is that you're supposed to be parenting right, together and you're supposed to be taking, sharing the responsibility, etc. Here's the thing. I have only seen the stupid thing with the eggs in TV and movies. Have any of us, and there are five of us, spread out in many different ages, do any of you guys have to do the stupid eggs? No. no, no. They only did the robot well, yeah, babies. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that okay. was explain well, that but that wasn't even that wasn't even the um, every class that was specific like OSHA geared people who were going to be working in the health. Well, we had our own um, daycare center they have. at one of my high schools, so yeah, Fair enough. I, yeah. we did not. Um, uh, the robot babies are, are literally that they're little dolls and they have trackers and, yeah. and chips and then that, you know, you, you burp them and you feed them and you, they wake you up in the middle of the night and it's apparently awful, yeah. but not okay. much of a deterrent if my yeah. school is anything good. But it actually makes sense. Is, yeah. 
Because that that shows off the realism of what it takes <clears throat> to take care of a baby. Because I mean, yeah, like right, Joyce yeah. makes a joke about Buffy, and I was like, "Do I keep you up all night?" And it's like, "Well, is part of the assignment that they have to wake up during the night?" Like, I mean, and how would you keep <laughs> track of that? Like, like with the robot babies, it makes sense. Well, I, I see her. You know, we see Buffy check off, yeah, burping, and and I'm thinking, what why bother would be doing? What would you? Yeah, but, well, really but also, what would you be doing to an egg? Yeah, I mean, really, what? What, what activities are you actually supposed to be doing? <laughs> Xander Hart Take it to the park, push it down the slide. Xander yeah, boils I, it. And, yeah, the and, other thing is, I was thinking because I know Frasier did an episode where it was Niles and did the same the thing, flower. Baby, but it was a sack of flour, sack of flour. Which actually makes more sense in terms of just like the physical weight. I mean, to me, like an egg is like, it's not a baby. It's like, why would anybody even do that? I know, you know, again, it's the thing that I've seen on TV, but the egg makes literally no, no sense other than the symbolism of an egg. Never. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like I said, I'm showing my age here because I don't know if anybody's ever done this. That would be an interesting thing for our audience if anybody out there has ever actually, if anybody knows anybody who's actually done this and it's not just a TV trope that came, that's then got I did look it up. They did do it for, I guess, a brief time during the early 70s, but it never really caught on in a lot of places. But they did enough articles about it that it got, <clears throat> right, and it got, it got onto TV. It became a thing. Yeah. Right. And teen stuff, and then it just keeps going and going. But yeah, they have robot babies for that now. Yeah. yeah. I did. Yeah, that makes, to- that makes so much more sense <laughs> because, yeah, at least you're interacting with yeah, one of my uh, favorite lines though does have to do with the experiment i do love buffy's as far as punishment goes this is fairly abstract <laughs> yes right. well that's a oh, that's I a like great the, line my favorite line is i do have two things uh, i love that willow when she engages in class the way her entire the way hannigan played that the way her entire body she goes right into swat mode and i was just like ah. Oh. <laughs> A little pre Hermione yeah. girl, but um, my favorite is is Corey's line. It's an egg, Buffy. It doesn't. Have yes, food. that is. I love that egg, uh, that line too. Not that egg. So great. Yeah. I love that and, line. And, <laughs> <laughs> and did you did you notice that right as Buffy says, um, "Oh, what does she say?" She says she's bad at taking care of things, and like she leaves the egg on a table where it could just easily <laughs> roll right off. <laughs> Well, doesn't Giles nearly squash it with a book during? Right. Oh, yeah. No. Yes. Yeah. That's a. That's like a minute later. But but Buffy literally just like, like turned like she's talking to Xander and Willow, puts the egg on the table, like on its side. (laughs) Well, I guess you have to wouldn't stand, but but he puts it down on the table and then just turns around and walks away for a couple a minute or so, and then comes and and literally says, "I'm not very good at taking care of things." Now, I will say in defense of this episode, not it has so little and such thin plot that we do get, which we're all giggling about now, that great scene in the library, right after the first night where, you know, it's tried to crawl on Buffy, but she hasn't killed it yet. That's a great scene because, like, everybody's there. Giles is just sort of, like, accepting that these, these kids come and hang out. He's chatting with them while he's shelving books. He's, you know, I just think it's actually a really great Scooby together conversation. And I, I just really found it charming. Like, mm-hmm. really charming. Yeah, I, like we've been saying, she's really good at getting everybody's voices. Yeah, she really is. Them, yeah. This is nice. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's the overall plot that's. And then Cordelia's like, I don't know, maybe we should check the closet. Like, it's just, it's really. <laughs> yes. It's, it's a very. 
very charming conversation that, again, because the plot of this is so thin, they had to pad it out with extra scenes. And I think this is why I like this one better than Ted, which we talked about last week, is because we get some of that charming Scoobies being Scoobies stuff. So, I like it. Definitely, yeah. That's definitely Marty's strong suit, and it's what carries this episode. But otherwise, it's yeah, just... I, the pace is very... Huh? It's plotting. It's dull. They take a good concept, and it doesn't... It's not yeah. executed well. And it goes um, nowhere in terms of, like, the, yeah. as we said, the, the, the actual tension factor is, like, nil. Mm-hmm. Right. But the thing I think they do have for it as far as the big bad is in this particular episode, or at least the medium-sized bad... Is the um, prop department did a really good job. The effects department mm-hmm. did a good job. I think they look yeah, good. yeah, little geegerish, but uh, they basically they they watched aliens and they're like, <laughs> yeah, how can I mean, we do this on a television budget? Not the mother bizarre, <laughs> but the, the her eye the, was nice, but it, it was very job of the hut yeah. to me. So, but I thought the individual the shot. baby things. Yeah, I won't call them yeah. bizarre because they're not bizarre. But um, no. No. I you can call them hatchlings. Nice. Huh? The hatchlings. The hatchlings. Yes. That's a good one. Yeah, the hatchlings are actually very remindful of the creatures used to take over people in It Conquered the World. Mm-hmm. Okay, that I haven't seen. Mm. Really either. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of baby face huggers. Um, yeah, definitely face huggers. Yeah, it's that same sort of scorpionish. I was a thing. bit confused by the things coming out of the eggs at night and then going back in and the eggs yeah. were perfectly yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. Are they just like frantically collecting shards of shell and like fuck, 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 and, and of course, back into their egg and, and, and of course, like seeing like the tentacles like crawling across Buffy's face, I'm like, oh, I think I've seen this anime. I, I have some, yeah. I have some definite actually, questions about volume and mass here. This is, yeah, just like that is, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was also going to say that, like, when I was watching, it was kind of cringing, and I'm like, I'm sorry, I would have woken up. I don't, maybe it's me. I'm maybe I'm light enough a sleeper, but if something like touches me or brushes me, I, I would like freaked out. I would not be sleeping through it. So unless it had some kind of hypnotic, like, you know, side uh, side effect there, uh, why didn't Buffy wake up the first mm-hmm. time? That's me. Uh, but yeah, uh, she doesn't wake up later in the season when someone creeps into her room to draw pictures. Oh uh, yeah, that's so true. Maybe once yeah. she's gone, she's asleep. Okay, right, so we already did talk a little bit about the scene where Cordelia wants to check out the closets, which is a great scene. <laughs> but we didn't talk about the fact that she actually does, like, she eventually is like, Xander, we should go ta- 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 check out closets. Yeah. But she's actually concerned. Like, she's like, he's presumed dead. We have to do something. I know, right. She's really, yeah. Um, I think this is Pete Cordy for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like, I love Cordy all the way through. Um, but yeah, she's she's not complaining. She's walking into that library voluntarily, asking to help. Last episode, she asked Giles if she could patrol with him. So like, yeah, yeah, go Cardi. I did like the exchange between uh, Giles and Xander, where it's, there's a certain Machiavellian ingenuity to oh, it. Oh, I love it. And he's like, <laughs> hey, I resent that. I resent that or possibly thank you. Right, that's what I, I said about that scene. It's, it's really fucking charming. Yeah, no, it, it, really, it really works and well. It, and it's all of them in this, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's all yeah. of them. Or, or yeah, the one that we selected so far. Yes. <laughs> and wait time for my ginger prince to come along. Oh. Oh. 
One more episode. One more episode. Uh, Sweet. And. Uh, the only person who's not there is Angel, but then we get into uh, a conversation oh. with Puffy and Angel, where it's like, one day you might want these things, and yeah, I can't give yeah. them to you, which is really fucking funny because but who's all the first I want one? Is to, you? Who's the first one to become a parent? <sighs> so okay, yes, it's it, oh, yeah. bringing up this whole one. Never going to be able to give you that. He's like, imagine five years. I'm like, she's a teenager. She's not fucking imagining five years from now. She really thinks no. you are everything and you will always be everything. Like, she said, all mm-hmm. I can think about the future or see about the future is you. It's such yeah, a, well, she's it's a 16 year old girl. girl. That's how you're which is out. not. Angel is the one that really should be thinking more. Yeah, he should be mature, like, and understand. Like, I mean, this is the same girl who a couple episodes ago did say, when you kiss me, I want to die. Oh, She's not thinking about five years from now. Yeah. Uh, It is totally funny that five years from now, she's she's died, like, several times, and the (laughs) helmet is collapsing. Meanwhile, Angel has a kid, and is back on Cordy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, Angel's the one that keeps bringing up the kids and how he's, she's never going to have to have a normal life, which it's like, dude, are you projecting because Stop. that's what you want? I think he is, yeah. Because he, he loves, I mean, I've been actually watching that season of Angel. Um, I'm marathoning because I got nothing to do. Um, and yeah, he really wants that. He really, so maybe he's projecting. Oh, I I can't even start because I will not stop. I know, <laughs> um, I know. But I, know. I will I will just say, like, in terms of, where, like, five years from now, it's like, Buffy, like, not only is Buffy a teenager, she's the fucking slayer. Like, she's, like, just a year from now, like, she might be thinking that she's gonna die because most slayers don't live past the age of 18. So, right. yeah. Yeah, that's... that's and if anybody funny. knows that, it's it's... It's it's Angel. Yeah. Like, her shelf life, typically, not that... I mean, hell, Buffy's already died once at this point. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, yeah, she's um, probably not thinking about five years in the future. Yeah. A, because she's 16, and B, because she's fucking playing. So, yeah. Angel, let's not delay the yeah, and it's there's so many mixed messages where it's like Angel's like, you know, wants to talk about all of this, and then the rest of this episode, they're just making out. And I know they're setting up surprise, but mm-hmm. it does kind of just happen where, you know, up until this point, they've kind of been the, are we together? Are we not? Like, what's going on? And all of a sudden, it's like, we our lips are fused together because we need to set up the next episode. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it also, like, mildly bothered me. I mean, granted, you know, she's 16 and she's in love and she wants to make out with her boyfriend, but when they're on patrol and, like, that whole thing, it's just, like, really, like, she should know better and we know she should know better. Yeah. And it just felt, like, really, really, like, they were suddenly were stu- making her stupid again because, she, like, all she could think about was her hormones rather than the fact that there are, like, vampires running around. And she, you know, and, it, and she could get killed easily because she's not... Yeah, I actually attention. just watched so, the episode of Angel where Fred and Gun uh, keep making out all the time, and it gets them in a lot of trouble because they're not paying attention. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So, um, and those are adults. So, and if I right. remember correctly, Angel ends up reaming them out for doing that, like saying that they'll be fine. Fu- oh no, it's Wesley who does. Sorry. 
Right. It costs I love Angel so much. Yeah. You know. Um, but it, yeah. I mean, yeah, they are. They are definitely peppering in, which is good in a way because we saw it in Ted that they, you know, Angel and Buffy have an actual conversation about something that's not the Hellmouth slang or June's love. In this yeah. case, they're having June's love conversation, but yeah, you know, they're at least sort of gotten beyond the "Are we together? Are we not together?" They're together. Yeah, which they yeah, need, but to they're have just to. making out. They're just yeah. making out with each other, and like, okay, I can accept that Buffy's the hormonal teenager, but fucking Angel is. You know, if we're just talking about physical, you know, body, he yeah. should at least be have the maturity of a twenty-six-year-old. Yeah, and in which case he'd be like, "No, look, we'll do this as soon as you're done patrolling," instead of you know, especially when they know there's like these crazy, you know, redneck vampires. But he's got the maturity of a drunken lout, twenty-six-year-old. <laughs> like he's not like a mature. Well, to be fair, that's his experience. He's not a mature yeah. when he was turned. He was incredibly yeah. immature, you know, twenty-six-year-old when he was. He was not like my brother who was married with two kids by the time he was twenty-six and owned a business. You know, he's like a guy yeah. that was whoring and drinking. So yeah, but he's he's. Dude. But I mean, that's just like his physicality. He's at twenty-six. He still had like. 250 years of experience so he should be yeah it's just and way too much of it was spent eating rats it yeah (laughs) and seeing Barry Manilow yeah engaged in self-flagellation yeah 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 Uh, anyway so yeah yeah but I mean this is one of the reasons why this episode reminds me of where the wild things are because that episode is just all about you know Buffy and Riley like fucking everything up (laughs) fucking as it were, yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> As it were, so. Yeah, and, uh, God, I mean, there's so... I mean, compared to our other episodes, I'm just looking at the time, and it's like most of our episodes run, like, one thirty. We're at, like, the 30-minute mark, and it's like, I got, like, a couple more notes yeah, for I mean, this thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I could rant about when they finally... For whatever reason, why they knock Buffy and Xander out instead of turning them? I know it's to keep the plot moving, but also I could just talk for probably fifteen minutes about how frustrated I get that people don't die from head wounds in TV. Yeah, Xander would be brain damaged. Buffy may survive it. Xander, yeah, and also it makes no sense that they have to knock them out and put them in a room with these eggs that Buffy (laughs) ends up destroying because then you see Giles like take uh, an already hatched one out and sticks it on Joyce, which is like the worst effect ever. Like the alien or (laughs) not an alien, the hatchling looks bad. Uh, Christine Sutherland's acting is bad. Like it's, it's. (laughs) I almost feel like they. Uh, both Anthony Stewart Head and Christine Sutherland were just like, okay, this is an invasion of the Body Snatchers, let's B-movie it. Mm-hmm. I was just about to bring that point up. Like, is that the intention of the whole thing, or were they just like, this whole thing sucks, we're gonna have fun. Yeah, that's kind of what I think yeah. they, the actors yeah. were. And I don't know if the director, like, reined them in or what, but... but yeah. I also wonder I mean, how many of those creatures they had. Because <laughs> in the scene, in the scene where they're they're going to dissect it in the science lab, it's intact. Mm-hmm. It wasn't and Buffy stabbed. Has stabbed it's this thing right. several times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, oh, they must have like filmed this first, yeah. and then because they couldn't destroy, they they were too expensive to to 
destroy more than once. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, because it should have big stab wounds and ick in it. Um, yeah, I, the the one creepy the one uh, speaking of that I just like when it's coming out of like Cordy's backpack. That actually was like kind of creepy too. Except then I was like, how is it attaching? If because it's coming out from the backpack and not through the other i mean obviously they needed to do that to show it on television to show that the tendrils are coming in but all the other ones were like under their shirt and against their back so it should really have been burrowing the other way through yeah at that point the only other one i think we've actually seen is buffy's and that one does the first night come out with tendrils invade her body under willow's shirt and okay i'm sorry willow If you're trying to hide that you've been body snatched, why wear a crop top? Yeah. (laughs) And also, it's Willow. Just the fact that she's wearing, like, a little crop top was surprising to me. Like, I mean, I know they, it's basically just there for plot reasons, but Willow, like, she likes... I mean, it's 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 not that croppy. It's one of those ones that's short, and when you move, you can sort of see the back of your back a little bit. I don't think it's... Well, she is... She is possessed. True. Yeah. Maybe they. Well, so then I guess that 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 particular hatchling was just asking for. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, because she was possessed, so she went to the mall and bought a new shirt just to show off her like, as, new she do. as she did. As she did. Oh, you know these kind of remind me of forward hatchling of so. existence a little bit with the. Have y'all anybody ever seen existence? No, I was very stoned, so yeah, I don't remember any. Oh, is that the Cronenberg? Is that the Cronenberg? It is the Cronenberg film. I think I've seen bits of it. Yeah. Well, at that point, the anybody listening who has seen it, talk to me about that weird spine anus that consistently pops up in that particular film, um, and how this relates. Spine anus, new band name. I I call it. I hope that. (laughs) I hope that tempts you to, to. I mean, if you're telling me it's a good movie Uh, to watch, I'll watch it because you're off it. It's it's certainly a David Cronenberg movie. <laughs> and see, now you got me thinking about Rabbit, which is also oh one god, one yeah, with the the penis under Marilyn Chambers' armpit. Oh, I have seen that one. That that is funny. Funny. Cool. Yeah, I've seen um, that. Oh, it's like it's like really weird, low rent, like body horror. Yeah. Anyway, well, yeah, that's kind of it's very early. Yeah. yeah. You're also talking about this episode. I mean. Again, yeah. it doesn't seem like we have time yeah. to say, do you want Andy's five minutes on, uh, not five minutes, can be like two, about why the Gorches bother me so much? Yes, go for and it. And this is coming Please. from a 2017 lens. So what year did it say that they were like massacring people in Mexico? 18 something? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And this will probably be the only time I get to address it on the podcast, so I'm going to go ahead and do it. White cowboys were not a thing. 85% of cowboys were Hispanic and black. Vaqueros. Yes. Right? So the myth yep. of the white cowboy, I'm just on my soapbox, is a bunch of fucking bullshit. And they don't even play like <laughs> they're cowboys in the 18-whatever. They play like a bunch it's of... It's 18... Go ahead. It's 1886. Okay. That's, I just looked up. Okay. From 1886, they act like a bunch of shit kicker oh god that's where i don't want to like use rednecks but they they act like a bunch of mod- no they act modern, like a bunch of rednecks modern sh- shit kickers good. yeah modern shit it's kickers that shit live kicker. out on a ranch in texas not someone that i mean it's just, 
And again, as a New Mexican, as someone that was once part, okay, not someone, obviously, not all Mexicans, where I live was once Mexican, and our cowboys are brown. So that is my rant about brown cowboys. I recommend. I'm sorry, Andy. Are you telling me that Clint Eastwood lied to me? Uh, I recommend. No, because those are those John are Wayne spaghetti cowboys. Uh, for anybody <laughs> who wants have... to know about actual Old West, uh, watch the Adam Ruins Everything mm-hmm. episode called Adam mm-hmm. Ruins the Old West. So yeah, the the um, yeah. dean of the College of Social Work in uh, Albuquerque um, wrote her entire dissertation on. Like the myth of the, you know, it was just sort of like New Mexico history and how these programs worked with the, you know, it all has to do with immigration. And, but yeah, I just, it just, any movie now bugs me when you have too many white cowboys. Yeah. Well, I remember learning about this because I read an article about the, I think it's the Museum of the uh, African American mm-hmm. Cowboy. Somebody actually built built one and it was only in the last like five to 10 years somewhere in the Southwest because to just conquer the, the whole myth and to give yeah. the whole actual history of like actual cowboys as compared to, yeah, the, the movie John Wayne's and the, the uh, Gary Cooper. A lot of that was that perpetuated kind of stuff, so. by Wild Bill Hickok telling these mm-hmm. outrageous stories of things he's done. Mm-hmm. So again, since we have an episode that we don't have a lot to say about, I will go on my soapbox. I can go, I can talk about how Cordy gave, delivered that great, it's an egg buffy. It doesn't emote wine, and followed it immediately with a uh, like a blatant racist. Is that your oh, real hair? I was going to bring that up. Never ask yeah. a black one if that is black woman if that is their real hair. Oh god, that was oh. just crazy. I was like, what? Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that one bugged yep, me too. So, yeah. I didn't think of pointing that out, but the gorgeous are so yeah, useless. I'm sorry, they're just. They're useless in this. They're useless when the one of them comes back with his uh, wife in Homecoming. Even though I do like that episode, but but that's like because they're such I a small too, part of it. Mm-hmm. And they're also they're so freaking dumb and not even in a fun way. They're just like really annoying. They're and also like they there's like the suggestion that they hung out with Angelus at some point, which granted Angelus was at some point supposed to be in like uh new mexico or mexico or uh they do establish that in angel in the episode blood money that um so i mean timeline wise i guess it makes sense but can you imagine angelus hanging out with these guys no, absolutely not he would no. have snapped their freaking necks and, stayed and wait because they're dumber than in Box of Rocks. I mean, Spike can be dumb, but Spike at least is, like, kind of amusing. And and he was basically with Spike because Spike was with Drusilla. Wait, wait, by 1880? Yeah, I'm just, like, actually thinking yeah. it's, like, by that time, shouldn't he have already been insult? I think so. Yeah, I'm almost positive. So that makes it even stupider. Maybe they knew him by reputation. Well, lots of people okay. knew Angelus by reputation. That is oh, okay, okay. Um, uh, he was insulted in 1898. Okay. So it could have oh. they could have had an interaction like brief. Well, but the interesting thing is they say that they they killed a bunch of people in Mexico as human beings in yeah, 1888. But we don't know like we don't know how long after they became vampires. So it's possible. I don't know. I just don't past. see Angelus. It's just I yeah. Yeah. He wouldn't give them the time of day. Right. He would just be like openly no. hostile, hostile to those guys. I yeah. It's like 
sometimes vampires have like really shitty lackeys, but Angelus <laughs> wouldn't have put up with that shit. Like he'd be like, I'm just gonna tear your head off. And Angelus wasn't lackey. much of a lackey person. No, he wasn't. He's not a lackey Whoa. person. So. You Except know. for all of the times yeah. in Angel when he ends up taking on, like, Jeremy Renner as his protege. Right, which is not so much of a lackey, it's more of like a... Yeah. Like a, what's the word I'm looking for? How do you say... Protégé. Protégé, thank you. Yeah, and, and, and then there's the, um, the, the dime store Spike and Drew from later on. Uh Right, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but but yeah, no, that. he's not he's not a lackey guy. He wants to take care of things himself, so he's right. not going to hang it. The, the, Lyle and Tector contribute nothing, so he'd be like, "I'm going to kill you." So yeah, True. I don't get them, you know. And also, it wasn't necessary. Like, I mean, like, why do they have to see Angel and Buffy kissing? It adds. Absolutely nothing. It's like you think that they're building up to something, because and it's this like this episode no. is so thin. They needed extra scenes. Like yeah. honestly, the extra yeah. scenes in here. Some of them are great, like the gang hanging out in the library. Love, love that one. Yeah, but the rest yeah. of them, I'm like, oh my god, you really didn't have enough plot idea to even yeah. So seems. As made evident by the fact that this episode's going to be half its Yeah, I can't, I can't yeah. even say I hate this episode. No, it's like, I, I nothing this episode. Like, hating would be yeah. giving it too much credit. I nothing yeah. it. Yeah, it's not good enough to hate, but the, the one of the notes that I actually put down at least is like, oh, look, there's Jonathan. Yeah, yeah. I did like, put Jonathan! <laughs> we had a cameo by Jonathan! Yay, Danny Strong! Yeah, my, like, my note is, oh, Jonathan, everything, everything happens to you. <laughs> <laughs> I just wrote poor Jonathan. So. Yeah. We can talk about uh, the uh, fabulous '90s backpack that Cecilia has. Did anybody mm, have this? From Gestad. The, did you have one of those, Logan? I'm too old. I didn't. Have I it didn't. Ed, I so. think I was a smidge too old for the animal backpacks. They were all over the store, yeah. though. Um. Yeah, I remember seeing them, and I knew people. Yeah, I think I was just I was a like, smidge. I was, I was thirty-four. I didn't. I mean, I did some cutesy thing, but I was doing like more punk goth stuff at that point, and the teddy bear was just not in my. Yeah, life, I think so. I had a backpack that was like a coffin. That's that's a, cute. I had a tiny denim. I mean, now too. I'm fully wanting to get like the giant Captain America shield backpack and wear the hell out of it. But that's just because <laughs> I don't. I, I don't have any fucks to give away. People think about me anymore. So I have the Yoda backpack. Yeah, but that's adorable. I want that so, so cute. But that's really yeah, yeah. That's, and that's geeky, like so. nerdy and geeky. Yeah, back in the day, back in the nineties, I didn't have the teddy bear backpack, but I did have like the really itty bitty. Tiny backpack, ba- I did have. But... I did have tiny oh, yeah. backpacks. I yeah, did, I did have. Yeah, tiny I did backpack. too. Instead of a the purse, one that doesn't fit was anything, it clear? and then you spent half the time with the. The backpack opened up pulling things out of it because yeah. you extra pockets. So you'd have to pull, you know, so you'd have a pile of tampons in your wallet over here looking for the one lipstick that was in the bottom of your bag. Um, so tiny backpacks. I, I've seen them in stores. I was at the mall the I other have day one and now. I, I mean, because I like it better than I hate purses. Tiny backpacks. I need to carry so, shit around. You know. and, uh, so, yeah, yeah, that's a 90s fashion note. Um, 
I do welcome have, to the Backpack Podcast. <laughs> I do have um, <laughs> welcome back. I to do the have some little bits of trivia on this episode. Apparently, okay, for the God. kissing scenes uh, for Buffy and Angel, Sarah girl? and David like to prank each other. They would eat like onions and garlic and yeah. cheese and all this really yeah. gross stuff to see who could have the worst breath when they were kissing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I've heard that before, and I didn't delightful. know it was on the specifically, but I knew that yeah. they did well, it I th- I think they had a lot of kissing for this one. Because <laughs> they had to make out all the time. Yeah. yeah. It, yeah. And in France, this episode is called Oof Surprise. So, surprise eggs. <laughs> surprise <laughs> eggs. Yes. Surprise. Uh, That's hilarious. New band name, I call <laughs> it. Kinder Surprise. Yeah, and as said before, um, uh, Lyle will come back in Homecoming, which is a much better episode. Oh, yeah, than I actually really good. Yes. So I, I played a all-Buffy pub quiz a couple weeks ago and fucking creamed everybody, won like $300. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all but right. One of, and I, but yes. I only won by a point. And I oh, think shit. my knowledge of, it was it was a question about Homecoming. It's like, which of the Gorge brothers was it? And I'm like, okay, you died. Okay, Tector died, so it was Lyle. Lyle. Right, so there were a couple questions in there that like were super specific. It's a it's a, it's a group called Geeks Who Drink. They're nationwide, but not everywhere. So, but they did yeah. a, a Buffy a Buffy pub quiz that was all Buffy, a little bit of Angel, a little bit of the comic books. Yay me! I killed it. I killed it real big. Yay! Because you wrong. And actually, MC was quizzing me a couple hours before, and I was like, I don't know, maybe I don't know anything about Buffy and. I think you asked me what the name of uh, Kendra's Watcher was, right? And I was like immediately, without looking, without looking, I was like, "Sam the Beetle," and you're like, "You're, you're fine, you've got this." So thank you for the. Yeah. Uh, you're welcome. So, that's um, that's what I do. <laughs> I think for Lyle, I, I I do like the comedic bit at the end where she, like Buffy's like, "Okay, you want to go?" And he just tips his hat and, and, and she climbs <laughs> out like all covered in blood. Yeah, that was I like that moment. Yeah. Well, it, we've been saying just how nothing happens in this episode. I do think that this episode actually has had potential. Like, if they had mm-hmm. played up the whole invasion of the body snatchers thing and made it more sinister and then maybe had mm-hmm. actual action sequences at the end instead mm-hmm. of, you know, it's like Buffy just noises of, you know, Buffy hacking shit up and then coming out all bloody. <laughs> this is not exciting. <laughs> No, that's no, not no. Because you snooze fast. Oh yeah. I, also, you never, like I said, there's never any real like terror or tension because you don't know what this thing is supposed to do. So you're not scared because it's just like this big blob lying there with the, the eye. But so what? What happens when they unearth it? Why are they unearthing it? What is the motivation of the monster for us to care or to be like concerned about what's going on in the world? Yeah. And yeah, this is a passive thing, and she just jumps in there immediately and stabity, stabity, stabity. Well, that's nice instead. Yeah, it's almost as though they, they basically went, well, people watch this show. It's a monster. They know monsters are bad. Mm-hmm. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like, no, that's not good enough. I mean, really, like, you know, you, it's like they just said, let's do a possession story and then didn't actually write a story. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and I, I actually do actually have one possibly substantive comment. Usually in possession stories with, like, action sequences and super-powered people, 
there's always a line about we have to be careful not to hurt these people because they're not in control of themselves and blah. Yeah. You don't have that here. And Buffy does not seem to, I mean, the Gorches certainly aren't, but Buffy does not <laughs> seem to be taking it easy on any of these people. Yeah. Right. And this includes, like, her best friends and her mother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, after last week's episode, after Ted, I kind of Well, like, okay, maybe there's some. Maybe, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe there's a little, little something she has to work out, but. Yeah. And. But and and also and and also I note, as far as the, like they didn't write a story, when Buffy goes in after the mother creature, all the possessed people just stand around, looks kind of staring at it. Yeah, shouldn't they try uh, no, for self preservation? No, no, makes a move. I mean, yeah, like, they're controlled by her babies. You'd think that they'd want Mama to live or something. Yeah, you're right. They're they're just like completely blanked out and just staring. Like what? Yeah. So it's like they really just said possession stories write themselves. And apparently they don't. (laughs) If you look at the way that the structure of how television is written, they assign a writer to a particular episode. So yes, part of this is, you know, Marty just like not whatever, being that great at it. But part of it is the breaking process in the you know, in the writer's room. Mm-hmm. And just be like, oh yeah, yeah, just do this thing about possession without really thinking of, you know. Um, yeah. I like Xander boiling his egg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that actually, that actually was like the, the one egg. like clever, right? Um, yeah, I mean, that that's was, that very was actually a clever way of getting Xander, yeah, in, into like a, a non-possessed place. But yeah, that actually is funny, and actually it. It's in character for him to mm-hmm. have done this because it's just basically like I don't care, I'm just doing a thing, and then I hard boiled it. Well, yeah. nobody's going to care. Yeah. Of course, it but, points up the fact that mm, the co-parents they're supposed to ha- have don't seem to exist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it right. does, but it's very, it's very Xander. It's very within mm-hmm. his character. There was a good line in there that I'm trying to remember what it was. Um, that I just love the way it plays. Oh. I see your grr and raise you an air. Like, that's a bonus. Oh, yeah, that was a great line. Very well, sorry. But that's, but that's, that is also the, are they back in the, are they in the science lab at that point? Yeah, that's when they see the thing right before they're supposed to do the autopsy that they don't, or the dissection that they don't really. I just, I feel like they almost missed the point of, uh, possession stories in this and that possession stories usually the scariest part is you don't know who you're able to trust out of the people that you know Mm -hmm. and in this buffy knows what's going on like she's able to figure out that these things are possessing people and then you have like you you only have the one scene of her interacting with Cordelia and Willow before they get knocked out and everything but could you imagine like the effectiveness if they had run to Giles and we're talking to Giles and <clears throat> mm-hmm. trying to tell him what's going on and he's trying to assure them and then you have the slow Buffy has the slow realization that Giles is possessed too and how much that would betray her that's what makes mm-hmm. possession stories good yes right. and they yes. right oh in the episode where um oh, fuck it the one where um Giles gets turned into a demon a, a new man. man um that a new man that's played up a lot for comedic effect. Mm-hmm. Um, this could have been much more sinister. Yeah. Yes. Because he is yeah. such a parental figure. This, this, this doesn't just yeah. even play like an early season two episode. This plays like 
an early season one episode. Yeah. But with a better yeah. with a better handle on the individual characters. That's, yeah. That's yeah. about yeah. now. In terms of for all of us, and this was a group question. I, I this is considered one of the worst Buffy episodes. Yes. I think mm. this is just a uh, Buffy episode. Yeah. Yeah. But it's in terms of yeah, yeah. I, I I actually I, it was less pleasant watching <clears> Ken <throat> and you know, I watched these back to back, so um <laughs> I was just so I actually kind of welcomed this episode and how like dumb it was after like immediately watching Ted. So Yeah. And I, I think Ted <laughs> in terms of some things is a better episode. Like, John Ritter's amazing. I, it, but this is certainly not as bad as, I'm going to say, him in the seventh season. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I got it. Or, and it's not as bad as, I put down, the worst episode of Buffy is better than an episode of any CBS sitcom. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I disagree. Bazinga. I disagree wholeheartedly. But, it was uh, a joke. Especially, okay. especially since you just brought up him. But, um... That's, you know, him, I think, besides... What's my favorite? What's my least favorite episode, guys? Teacher's Teacher's Pet. Besides Teacher's Pet, him is probably my... This past... Him is probably my least favorite. I I would also throw Beer Bad in there. There's some charm in that that I don't hate, though. Um... I haven't seen it in a while, but I It's I know not I great, it. and I think we should talk past that one, but um, <laughs> I really do. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, this was kind of a nothing episode. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, if we, you know, having had, we talked about Ted prior to this, and, like, I think I still like Ted more, because at least you knew what they were trying to go for, and there was some plot. This is, like, it's not bad. I can't hate it. It's just yeah, so boring. So, like, what <laughs> what was this supposed to... I mean, we get it. They were doing a major mm-hmm. of the body snatches, but they didn't do it. And there's literally no tension. There's nothing to be afraid of here. There's nothing that ever, like, wraps up any, like, scare factor for me. It just, like, except for the one scene where she's chasing it in the room. I feel... And... I feel like I would be more likely to rewatch this one than I would be to rewatch Ted because yeah, Ted, what I disliked in Ted was very emotional to me. While this one mm-hmm. is just like there's charming stuff in it, but it's just fucking boring. It, it's a question. I mean, it's a question of what you mean by bad or you know worst episode or whatever. It's I mean, Ted is a much more troubling and upsetting yeah. episode. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is just not very good. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, Ted it's is wrong, Ted yeah. is better. I think Ted is a bit better, like as an episode, because stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't. In yeah, that res- I, mean, I mean, in that respect, it's better. But, but this is this is obviously not as upsetting or troubling. But but there's it's but it's nothing. much more boring. <laughs> right. I think you know so, watching Ted would be one of those things. I'm like, okay, these can be. Or someone watching the series, if they said, is there anything I should skip? And they said, well, I know that you had some issues with, like, abuse. Skip mm. Ted. Skip Ted. Oh, yeah. But I would be like, you can skip the bad egg, except that there's some nice Xander Cordy. You know, the only thing that sort of moves the general plot, like the arc plot along, is a lot of this what's happening with Xander Cordy. And it's not even moving along the arc as much as more establishing them as a couple. But and I will say, Giles is particularly handsome in this episode. I just 
Is this just my bias? But like, I was just particularly handsome to me. Mm. I well, since you since you bring up Jaws, I do have one more one thing that kind of totally doesn't make sense to me, and I kind of I'm sure it's just well, it just had to happen because of the plot. Okay. Like, why, why is he looking up the monster in the book, and 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 the plot contrivance that he's he finds the monster just before he gets possessed. Because they find the egg right there. Um, it's just like, I mean, that that that's just annoying. But I'm like, but, but why is he researching this? Why would he uh, be researching Fun? It did try to possess did, Buffy, so. Did, but, yeah, but does he know that? Yeah, she didn't. She shows up the next day, I'm just tired. Does she at some point? Wait, um. She calls Willow and says, are you possessed? She says, "Are you okay?" And Willow says, "Of course, I'm well, okay." Didn't didn't Buffy <laughs> mention that she had she called Giles that morning to like say what had happened and she was bringing it in? I can't remember. Yeah, 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 I don't. Maybe does, I missed that. Because yeah, yeah. So maybe Giles was like researching it before Buffy could bring it in, and she called, at this she, point, she called Willow. Willow's already yeah. possessed, but I'm assuming her second. Her first call is to Willow because she's like trying to protect her friend that has an egg in her house, and yeah. then probably her second call. Well, yeah. no, because Joyce comes in Joyce and asks like a shit. Yeah. Well, okay, I would be pretty upset if my sixteen-year-old daughter was dressed and running around and it was obvious mm-hmm. that something was going on at three in the morning. But then you get the end of the episode where she's really worried about Buffy for like a millisecond. Oh, there was a gas leak. Mm-hmm. Wait, why weren't you somewhere with more gas leakies? You know. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On that note, I yeah. think uh, we've reached yeah, that's the about end it for of mo- what's talked oh, about. One more thing. We oh. see Mr. Gordo. Oh, yeah, we do see Mr. Yeah. Gordo. We? we see Mr. Gordo at the end of the episode, yes. When they pull back from Buffy and Angel in the window. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. <clears throat> that's how the episode ends with them making out. And yes. The end. Uh, There's nothing to say about that. Yeah. No. Yeah. And no. I don't think any and, of us. And if we wanted to, <laughs> if we wanted to say something about it, there will be many more opportunities. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I think we've already said our final thoughts on this. I that... yeah. Meh. yeah. So uh, next time Meh. we will have much, 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 much more to say because we're going to be talking about surprise. Oh, myth arc. Here it comes. Yes. This is Buffy Yay. at its peak, Buffy. Oh, yeah. Uh, so until then, grr arg. Grr arg. Grr arg. Grr arg. Grr arg. We'd like to thank everyone who downloaded the podcast. And an extra special thanks to everyone who shared, liked, and subscribed on social media. If you'd like your questions or comments brought on the show, you can contact us on our website, returntothehellmouth.com, on YouTube at Return to the Hellmouth, on Tumblr and Facebook at Return to the Hellmouth, on Twitter at Hellmouth Return, or on email at returntothehellmouth at gmail.com. We'll be sure to read your comments on the show. Be sure to rate our show at iTunes and Stitcher, and check out our show merchandise on TeePublic and Redbubble. See you on Tuesday for surprise. Grr. Arg.